0: At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we delve into the beloved food culture called Udupi Joints and the discriminatory hangover of the past they carry even today. The cashier sits at the entrance with a photograph of the founder or pictures of gods and goddesses on the wall behind him. A young man clears used utensils from the table into a bucket in one fell swoop. You take your seat and inspect the varieties of dosas and idlis on the menu. If you end up at a really old restaurant, the only menu may be the one painted on the wall. House rules are made very clear. Come here to eat, not talk. They are also helped along with some ingenious marketing. Because in case you actually get the menu, you will find a line which says, The owners also eat here. A waiter rattles off your options as if competing on speed with machine gun fire. He memorizes your order and passes it into the kitchen. Unless you've ordered a rava dosa, the order hits your table in five minutes. Meanwhile, two other people have joined you at the table. You don't know them, but you gently smile and continue talking to your friends. No one thinks anything is off about sharing a table with absolute strangers. It's just the way things are. That's the world of Udupi restaurants. If you have lived or traveled in Western and Southern India at any point, it's impossible that you haven't noticed an Udupi restaurant. In all likelihood, you've actually eaten at one. To many of us living the north of the Vindhya's, it was our first introduction to authentic South Indian food. Which, by the way, we all lapped up gleefully. I mean, who could possibly say no to fresh, tasty and cheap food? Today, it attracts people from all walks of life. People who would take a public bus to get to it would share a table with someone who just caught off a BMW. In my experiences of living in Mumbai, It came to represent the microcosm of our nation, where class and regional divides are dissolved as we luxuriate in the consumption of simple, delicious food. And why not? Food is a central trope in classical and contemporary Hindu thought. Hindu dietary practices describe who can eat with whom, who cooks and who serves, and the purity of the food consumed. This apartheid has existed at least since the time of the Manusmriti. In festivals and public events, eating rows or feeding lines consisted of people of the same caste or sub-caste. Oh, but you would say, these are all backward practices of villagers. This doesn't happen in today's times. Well, today happens to be a lot more different from yesterday. Because yesterday had subtle and not so subtle ways to tell you that all of us are equal. Just that some of us are more equal than others. And the udupi restaurants were no exception. They were a product of the great Indian migration. In 1922, fed up of his family's squabbles, K. Krishna Rao left his home in Udupi, southern Karnataka and moved to Chennai to work as an attendant at a restaurant. He worked his way up and started his own Udupi Shri Krishna Vilas within a few years. Meanwhile, a devastating flood in Udupi region kicked off a wave of mass migration to large cities. These men needed low-cost public spaces to eat and thus, Legendary homegrown brands like MTR and Dasaprakash were born. In fact, for most men in the region, working outside the district became a rite of passage into adulthood. But they also carried with them the discriminatory practices. Many Udupi hotels originally had dining areas exclusively for Brahmins. Even Udupi Shri Krishna Vilas and the New Woodlands Hotel maintained separate dining sections for Brahmins till the late 1960s. Some of them even had a separate section for Muslims. Others actually banned Muslims altogether till 1947. Udupi restaurants have denied Dalits admittance or demanded that they eat outside from special utensils, which they themselves need to clean or dispose of. Restaurants which agreed to admit Dalits did so at the risk of a boycott. And again you would say, okay, it may have happened in the recent past, but it does not happen anymore. In 2006, two sociologists trying to understand the dynamics of Udupi restaurants came across the story of a young Dalit boy named Umesh. On his arrival in Bangalore, he spent a couple of days with his uncle who took him to a hotel for a job. He introduced himself as a Gowda, an upper caste. There were few risks since none of the other workers were Gowdas and no one is going to investigate him about his sub caste, the village he comes from and so on. But eventually, his cover blew and he had to accept his identity. But just imagine, in 2006 having to conceal your identity to earn an honest living in Bangalore, often referred to as India's Silicon Valley. And you thought cars didn't exist in urban India. But you would say that's an isolated example. So let's do this. Fire up Zomato or Swiggy on your phone. Set your city to Bangalore. Type the word Brahmin and you will see a litany of places which flaunt Brahmin in their name. I hope you were surprised. Even one of the most successful migration stories from India is laced with caste histories. I just want to end with Doha from Sant Kabir. Jat na sadhu ki, pooch lijiye mol karo talwar ka, pada If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media we are IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memoria on Twitter and Travel 42 on Instagram.